Good morning. How are the Georgia fans doing out there this morning? Ohio State fans, how you feeling? That's crazy. Missing a lot of crazy games out there. A lot of crazy games out there. Hey, I, I want to start off with a few passages of scriptures. Hello. And uh, the first one's from Psalm 139. And I'm going to read a phrase that I'll have you guys repeat back. And, and as you repeat it back, this is a psalm that, that David wrote. And, and David is talking to God about how God created him. And so when you repeat back, this is you talking to God about you. All right? Here we go. For you created my inmost being. Okay. We're going to start over again. Let's rewind the tape. Take two. Church, repeat back. 2023, January 1st. Here we go. All right. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, I know that full well. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to pass. Amen. Don't you feel special? That's how God feels about you. Um, Another one, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And just one more. Someone got it. That was good. For we are God's workmanship, creating Christ Jesus to do the good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Awesome. Good job. Uh, <laughs> all right. We could be here a while today. I like it. I feel like I'm back in uh, Brazil or Bangladesh with the translator when I'm speaking question, whose workmanship are you? Are your friends, your spouse, your parents, your own workmanship? No, you're not your workmanship. Your life is not your project. Your life is God's project. God thought you up. He formed and he created you. He knows who you're intended to be, and he knows what you're intended to do. Get it? Good. And now January the 1st, this is the first Sunday of the new year. You know, this will not happen again until the year 2034. 11 years before a Sunday will be January the 1st. At 11, that's how old you'll be next time. Yeah. Hopefully we'll all be here, right? And as we begin this year together, I'm going to unpack a conversation that I'm calling Becoming Your Best Me in 2003. Before we go there, let's take a few minutes to welcome those around us. We call this Take Two or Three or Four. Awesome. I'm going to pray. It's in our time of study. And, uh, and, and by the way, uh, it's not to become your best me in 2003. 
That'd be hard to do. I think I said 2003. It's 2023. Best me, three, rhyme. I know I just had to do it. All right, let's pray. Uh, Father God, thank you for this time of study. God, I pray that we will have ears to hear and eyes to see. I, I pray, God, that we'll not merely feel conviction, but the conviction will result in action so that this year can be the year that you want it to be. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. A question, 12 a.m. this morning when the ball dropped in Times Square, when the peach dropped in Atlanta, when the giant 400-pound peep dropped in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, when a huge chunk of cheese dropped in Plymouth, Wisconsin, when a pickle dropped in Mount Olive, North Carolina, when a massive potato dropped in Boise, Idaho, when a guitar dropped in Memphis, and when a stuffed muskrat wearing a top hat and a bow tie named Marshall P. Muscat dropped in Princess Anne, Maryland. I had a picture of him, but I didn't want to show it today. Marshall P. Muskrat. And everyone shouted, Happy New Year. Do you think anyone was hoping that their new year would be a bad year? Instead, like us in this room and online, they were hoping that the year 2023 would be a great year, would be the best year ever. And of the billions who shouted early this morning, Happy New Year, what percentage of them do you think will actually have one? Will actually have a Happy New Year. Now, one of the things that people do in an effort to ensure that their new year is better than their old year is they make something called New Year's resolutions. You ever made any? Have you made any for this year? Now, the tradition of New Year's resolution goes all the way back to 153 B.C. when Janus, the mythical god of early Rome, was placed at the head of the calendar. He was the god of beginning, the god of transitions, and he presided over passages, doors, gates, as well as transition periods, like from war to peace. He was usually depicted of having you know, two faces, uh, one face looking back to the past and one face looking to the future. But over time, he became the ancient symbol of New Year resolutions. Some actually think that making resolutions on the New Year goes all the way back to Babylon. But regardless of the history, we all know that January the 1st is the time when many people make New Year's resolutions. And so what are people resolving to do in the year 2023? Here's some of the top New Year's resolutions this year, according to a recent survey. Okay, to exercise more was number one. Eat healthier, lose weight, to save money, spend more time with family and friends, spend less time on social media, to reduce stress on the job, to reduce spending on living expenses. Were any of yours on that list? And check out some stats about New Year's resolutions. About 60% of Americans will make them. By week one, 25% have already bailed out on them. After one month, 80% have given up. And at year's end, only 8% of people actually keep them. And the reasons for failing, 35% said is because they set unrealistic goals. 33% because they did not track their progress. 23% forgot all about them. And 10% make too many to keep up with. Whatever the reason, only 8% actually kept them. Now there's an old Irish toast that says this, may your trouble in the coming year 
Be as short as your New Year resolutions. But even though people break them at a massive rate, they still keep making them. Why? I think because there's something in us that looks forward to new beginnings, to do-overs, to fresh starts. There's something deep within us that desires change, that longs to reach higher, that dreams of a better, more fulfilling life. You see, in most of our lives, there's a nagging sense that things are not as they should be or as they could be. But Maple Grove, this year can be different. This year really can be about you becoming your best me in 2003. And you know what hit me this week as I thought about all the new years I've experienced, all the times I've stood up and shared about new years as a pastor, what hit me is that my time is quickly running out for me to become the me that God intended for me to be. Check this out. And for the average American, using a clock as an illustration of how many years you have left in your life, like it's 12 a.m. when you're born, you live 80 years. So if you're 16, it's 4.48 a.m. If you're 18, it's 5.24 a.m. If you're 21, it's 6.18 a.m. If you're 30, it's 9 a.m. If you're 40, it's 12 p.m., halfway there. If you're 50, it's 3 p.m., If you're 56, it's 4.48 a.m. If you're 60, it's 6 p.m. If you're me, it's 6.55 p.m. If you're 65, it's 7.30 p.m. If you're 70, it's 9 p.m. If you're 75, it's 10.30. If you're past 80, you're in overtime, right? You're doing really well. And, and, And two quick points. Number one, whatever it is that you're going to do with your life, You best get moving because time is running out. Like sands through the hourglass, right? Check out how God describes your life in his word. James 4, verse 14. While you don't even know what will happen tomorrow, what is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Psalm 102 verse 3, my days disappear like smoke. And then we read a few more. For we are like a breath of air. Our days are like a passing shadow. Uh, Job says, my days are running out quicker than the thread of a fast-moving needle. My life is just a breath. Question, wouldn't you agree with me that life is unspeakably precious and unbelievably short? I mean, the needle of our lives just keeps moving faster and faster and faster. Listen, truth is, we don't know when our time on earth is up. However, we do know the thread is quickly running out. It could be next week, next year, it could be decades away. Only God knows our life are in his hands. Remember we said all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one even came to pass. Now, King David is a guy who understood this time is running out thing. That's why he wrote these words in Psalm 39. Show me, O Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting is my life. 
And, and as I try to read behind David's request, I hear him saying, Lord, please continually show us and continually remind us how quick, how fleeting our lives really are. Because we don't want to waste it focusing on things that in the scope of forever do not really matter. Things like being consumed by what other people think about us. Or getting angry with someone and just stewing over it year after year after year. Or just living in a constant state of anxiety about something or about everything. Or letting fear or doubt or lust or bitterness or insecurity control and limit us. Or, or walking through life with the blinders of cynicism and negativity on so that we're unable to see all the beauty that God surrounds us with every single day. Again, whatever it is you're going to do with your life, you best get moving because time is running out. But hey, if you're sitting in this room and still breathing, is your neighbor breathing? Okay, awesome. Or you're watching online, ain't it over yet, right? There's still time, amen? Number two, if you're not doing something significant with your life, if you're not living for the one who created you, it really doesn't matter how much time you have left anyhow. Because you're not living for the purpose for which you were created. Would you like the year 2023 to be a great year, to be a happy year, to be a fulfilling year? If you would, stand up. And if you want it to be a terrible year, you're dismissed early, go home, you know, drown your sorrows in some Ben and Jerry's or something, all right? And, and, and what I want you to do is look at three people in the eye and just tell them, this could be your best year ever. Go ahead. Three people in the eye. This could be your best year ever. This could be your best year ever. This could be your best year ever. <laughs> Amen. Like who wouldn't want 2023 to be better, even if 2022 was a great year? I mean, better is always better, right? Now, maybe for some of you, 2022 was not so good. Maybe it was your challenges of changes, of crises, of pain, and of sorrow. Fact is that for some, 2022 was not so hot. It, it wasn't your best year. It, it wasn't what you had hoped for when the ball dropped in Times Square. Well, listen, the good news is that a brand new year has begun. Amen. Now, understand, God brings us life in bite-sized pieces, in minutes, and in hours, and in days. You know, one reason I think that God divided the days is to teach us, number one, that every day does end, but as the darkness is chased away by the sun, a new day always begins. And listen, every year, God says, okay, guys, it's time to wipe the slate clean and start over with a brand new year. It's time, as God said through his prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 43, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. I am making a way. Who's making a way? Are you making the way? No, God is making the way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Again, today's conversation is about becoming your best me in 2023. If you want that to happen, the first thing you need to do is you need to clarify what you want. 
Now, now one of my top 10 books for spiritual growth was written by one of my favorite authors by the name of John Ortberg. John Ortberg. And the book is called The Me I Want to Be, Becoming God's Best Version of You. Phenomenal book. In the opening chapter, John shares about a time when things were not going so good in his life or in his marriage. And his wife Nancy confronted him about that. And he responded by saying, I'm doing the best that I can. Here's what he writes. No, you're not. She responded immediately. That was not the response I anticipated. Everybody's supposed to nod their heads sympathetically when you say, I'm doing the best that I can. But Nancy loves truth in me too much to do that, so she rang my bell. No, you're not. If you talked about how it would be good to see a counselor or an executive coach or maybe a spiritual director, you talked about building friendships, but I haven't seen you take any steps toward any of that. So no, you're not doing the best that you can. He continues, as soon as he said that, I knew she was right. But I didn't say that to her immediately because my spiritual gift is pouting, which I exercised beautifully over the next few days. But as I did, a question emerged in my mind. What is it that you really want? I began to realize that what I really wanted isn't any particular outcome on any project. Those are just means to an end. What I really wanted is to be fully alive inside. What I really want is the inner freedom to live in love and joy. I'm a grown man, I thought. I don't know how many years of life are before me. I cannot wait anymore. When I was in school, I was preoccupied with good grades and getting cute girls to like me. As the years went by, I became preoccupied with work and my circumstances because I thought they would make me feel alive. I can't wait anymore to be that man, I thought. I realized this then, I know it now. I want that life more than I want anything else. Not because I think I'm supposed to, not because it says somewhere that you should, I just want it. There is a me I want to be. He concludes, life is, not any, life is not about any particular achievement or experience. The most important task of your life is not what you do, but who you become. There is a me you want to be. End quote. Again, great book. You should put it on your list for this year. And here's the deal. To become your best me in 2023, you must clarify what you want. You must decide what's important in your life and what isn't. And understand, God has given each of us a, a, an incredible gift. It's called the freedom to choose. It's part of being made in God's image. And in fact, one of the most spiritual activities you will ever engage in is the power, is the power to choose. You see, before you pray, worship, serve, celebrate, give, forgive, share, sin, turn away from God, before any of those actions come to pass, you have to choose. But you can't choose what's important until you clarify what's important. And listen, if you don't clarify what's important in the year 2023, you're going to be pushed and tossed around by the pressures of life, doing this and that, going here and there. And then before you know it, 2023 will be gone, just like 2022. And you'll be left feeling like you didn't get anything done because you're still stuck in the same old places. Get it? Good. A few years ago, George Gallup did a survey and discovered that the number one stress factor among people today, it's not that they don't have enough time, it's not that they don't have enough money, it's not even relational conflicts, 
but rather the number one source of stress is what he called incongruent values. In other words, we say we believe one thing, but we act in a very different way. And listen, this gap between what we say is important in life and how we're actually living causes stress. For example, we say, family is important to me. But do we put work and everything else ahead of it? Like, do we give our marriage and our family the time and attention they need? We say health is important to me. But do we watch our weight? Do we exercise? Practice good health habits? We say materialism is bad. But are we saving anything? Are we spending all we get? Do we give generously? Are we simply storing up our own treasures to build up our own kingdom? We say God is first in my life. But do we take the time to know him personally? I mean, do we consistently read the Bible and pray to him? Spending time seeking and and studying so you can know him better? We say his church is important to me. But do we really give the church the first fruits of our time? Do we attend regularly? Do we give the church first fruits of our talents? Do we serve? Do we give the church the first fruits of our treasure? Do we tithe? Or other things getting the best of our time, our talents, and our treasure? You see, many of us, in fact, most of us, if not all of us, have some incongruent values. And when you have incongruent values, when what you say is important to you does not match how you live, it causes problems. It creates stress. And it leads to inner turmoil, discouragement, and depression. And not only that, but we will find ourselves at the destination we never intended to be. Do you remember the principle of the path? Direction, not intention, determines our destination. In other words, we'll always end up where the road we are on is taking us, regardless of our intentions. Uh, like today, if you leave here and you get to the intersection of Prophet Road and Highway 29, and you're intending to go to Northern Virginia, but you take a left-hand turn there, you are not getting to Northern Virginia. And no matter how much you intended to get there, and no matter how heartfelt your intentions are, no matter how much you believe you would get there, now that's obvious to us when it comes to driving in the car, right? I mean, if I, I come to you every week and I go, I keep trying to get to Northern Virginia, and every week when I get the Prophet Road and, and Highway 29, I take a left, I don't understand why I'm not getting there. You go, are you kidding me? Are you an idiot? You're not heading in the right direction. Makes sense, right? But when it comes to how we live out our life, it's not always as obvious. Andy Stanley wrote in his book, The Principle of the Path, my observation experience for that matter indicates that humans have a propensity for choosing paths that do not lead in the direction they want to go. They've come to believe the popular notion that as long as their intentions are good, as long as their hearts are in the right place, whatever that means, as long as they do their best, and they try their hardest, it doesn't really matter what path they take. They believe somehow they'll end up in a good place, but life doesn't work that way, end quote. And here's what I'm trying to say. If you want to become your best me in 2023, you need to clarify what you really want, clarify what's of ultimate importance to you, 
And here's how it works. First, we define and clarify what we want. And second, we adjust the direction of our life so that aligns with what we say is important to us. We clarify and then we align. And so here's what I want to challenge all of us to do in this room. And it's not going to be easy. Because the evil one is terrified of you becoming who God created you to be. The evil one is terrified of you becoming the person that God had in mind when he knit you in your mother's womb. And so he'll do everything to keep you from embracing the challenge to spend some time this week at, at all the kiosks. I have this little cardstock upgrade paper here. This little values and goal sheet. It, it slightly adjusted. I've used this before. Matter of fact, I used it for myself and I didn't make the cut. I wasn't in the 8%, right? Wrote these things down. Guess what? They didn't happen, right? And, and so, no, today I'm talking to myself as well as you, right? Because I, I met truth this morning. You know what truth is? Sometimes it's called a bathroom scale, right? I stood on that sucker this morning. I wasn't, I'm like, are you kidding me? I went through COVID and lost all that weight. If you want to know how to gain weight fast, I'm your guy, right? You know, it's, but so I'm telling you, I'm talking to myself too, right? But here's the deal. You can't make a goal from me as much as you may want to, and I can't make a goal from you, right? Because we can't control that. You can only control yourself, all right? And so don't think I'm up here thinking, oh, I got this all figured out, you know? All I got figured out is I'm messed up, right? And I'm trying to, I'm trying to do the best I can, all right? And, and so this sheet here is very important. The first part is where you, you clarify what's important to you, right? And the first question is, you know, what is important to me and what are my core values? You know, like maybe it's family, maybe it's, and, and here's the deal. When it comes to your values and what's important, you either get them from the word or the world or from Christ or from culture, right? Either you get your values from what the word says and what Christ says or from what the world says and what culture says. I think it's best to choose the word and, and what Christ says. And so what's important to you? And you think about it, you pray about it. Maybe it's family, maybe it's relationships, maybe it's your faith journey, maybe it's his church. Maybe it includes virtues like faith, kindness, compassion, love, generosity, loyalty. But what's important to you? And, and you write that down. And next question is, you know, what type of person do I want to be? Not what do you want to achieve or accomplish, but what kind of person do you want to be? And next, what kind of adjectives would you like to define you? Now, I'm sure none of us would put down bitter, <laughs> self-centered, untrustworthy, petty, easily angered, mean-spirited, right? I don't think any of us would put that down. So what adjectives would you like to describe you? Next, what would you like people to say at your eulogy? And that's the nice things that people say when you're no longer here, right? At your funeral. Guess what? One day, there will be a funeral for you, and people will stand up and say things about you. And hopefully, they don't have to make it up, right? Yeah, hopefully, they have some good things, and I have to make, make things up about you at that time. This week, I listened to a TED Talk by David Brooks, and he posed this question. Should we be living for our resume or for our eulogy? 
Have you noticed that when people die, the eulogies celebrate the person differently from the way we define success in everyday life? I mean, it's though when at the end we realize what really matters. I've never seen someone bring up an investment portfolio. Man, this guy could really invest. Hey, did you see his diploma right here? Let me show you a picture of his house. And there's the beach house. Look at his car. Look at all his, never seen that one time. But you hear things like, they were a loving husband, or loving wife, parent, friend. They always went out of the way for other people. They were kind, compassionate, honest, generous, wise, fun to be around. They sacrificed a promotion at work so they could spend more time with their family. They consistently put the interests of others above their own. They cared deeply about the church and invested much time in it. Yeah, that's the, that's the kind of stuff we want people to say about us. However, if we're not careful, much of our daily lives can be spent in pursuit of resume virtues, achievements, popularity, job titles, material possessions, impressive salaries, and so on. Now, resume virtues aren't necessarily bad in themselves. But we step back from the hustle and bustle when we quiet our mind and soul we feel a vague sense that something is missing. Resume virtues by themselves leave us feeling empty, fragmented, disconnected, and sometimes seriously physically compromised. Yes, we may achieve external success, but at the cost of a deeply meaningful life and genuine loving relationships. Yielding virtues, as David Brooks calls them, foster meaning in a fragmented world. These are the virtues that lead to a life well-lived. Kindness, compassion, love, humility, wisdom, courage, and integrity, to name a few. Resume virtues are good when they're pursued with wisdom in the right way and for the right reasons, but they must be built on the foundation of eulogy virtues. Understand, no matter how much a person spends his or her life burning the candle at both ends, chasing a toxic definition of success, and generally missing out on life, the eulogy is always about the other stuff. What they gave, how they connected, how much they meant to the lives of the real people around them, small kindnesses, lifelong passions, and what make them laugh. So the question is, why do we spend so much time on what we do not want our eulogy to be? Things that are gone as soon as our heart stops beating. Again, what do you want people to say in your eulogy? Next question is, does the direction of my life reflect that these are what's most important to me? Like, here's my value. This is important. This is the adjectives. Does my life align with that? And the final question on that side of your piece of paper is, what in my life is trivial? What is essential? What should I hold on to? And what should I let go of? So I, I encourage you, you know, to take the time. I encourage myself to take the time. I can be honest, I've, I've, I've done these before and really haven't done a whole lot with them, even though I stand up here and talk about it, right? Yeah, but will you take the time to pray about it, review it often, share it with someone? You need to clarify what you want and don't wait to begin. Ecclesiastes 11.4 says, if you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. If you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. 
Understand, a turning point in your life and mine is when we come to realize that life must be lived under imperfect circumstances. Here's what usually happens. We hear someone say things like this, especially the first of the year, or you're actually the guy standing up here saying things like this, right? And, and we get a little motivated. We start thinking, I'm going to do that this year. I'm going to write down some goals. I'm going to make my life count. I'm going to use my time wisely. I'm going to take the time this week to plan for 2023 so I'll live a life of impact. However, those best in taste tensions fade away quickly because for many of us, the minute we walk out that door, we're distracted by something called L-I-F-E, life. And it seems before we blink our eyes, it's already March or April. Heck, this year's almost over. I'll wait to 2024. And you know what's crazy? Sometimes I think we, and that we includes me, we can spend more time planning a vacation, a road trip, a dinner, than we do planning our life. That's kind of crazy. But this morning, God wants you and I to turn the tide on that insanity. Even if we failed countless times before. Even if we've never made the cut for the 8% who kept their resolutions. Even if we and other people are saying, you said this before, you said you were gonna do this before, you said you were gonna change before, it's not gonna happen. Remember, God's word is still true. God has plans for you to prosper you, to give you hope in the future. Remember, you're not your project, you're not your spouse's project, you're God's project, you're God's workmanship. And remember, Jesus came, according to John 10, to give us life in the full. Problem is, we have an enemy who hates you. He hates you. He hates your family. He wants to steal and kill and destroy all that's good, right? So I'm, just, I'm here to tell you that no matter how many times you've blown it in the past, the day's a new day, amen? And don't let any naysayers get in your head. And say you can't do it, because you can. With God, you can. Amen? Amen? With God, you can be the person God created you to be. Clarify what you want. Don't wait to begin. And then set some 252 goals. And that's what will align our direction of our life with our values. If you're a Christian, your ultimate goal is to be like Jesus, right? I mean, for God knew his people in advance, he chose them to become like his son. So that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And how did Jesus grow? Well, Luke chapter 2, we find this verse, Luke 2.52. It's a verse that expands from the time he's 12 to the time he's 30. It says, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and in favor with man. If we want to grow and be like Jesus, we must develop in these same four ways that Jesus did. He grew in wisdom, intellectual development. He grew in stature, physical development. He grew in favor with God, spiritual development, and he grew in favor with man, relational development. And so as we wrap up, let's talk about some goals, some direction in each of those four areas. And, and that's on the back side of the sheet. First, you got to do this first part, what's important to you, then you do your goals, that's an alignment phase. And, and I would suggest one, at least one, but no more than three, right? You, you put like five, six, seven goals in each one, that ain't happening, Right? At least one, 
I would say no more than three, but that's just me, right? And, and as you set these goals, maybe you were in a seminar sometime and they talked about making SMART goals. And, and I think I have an acrostic up there. SMART goals mean they're specific, right? Not vague. I want to be more like Jesus. Well, okay, that's pretty vague, right? What do you mean? Be specific, right? Uh, measurable, right? That means you're able to track your progress. Attainable, I'm going to memorize the entire New Testament this year, right? Not happening, right? Um, never going to lose my temper one time. Probably not happening, right? Relevant, right? It, it should align with your goals and values and time bound, right? Uh, there, there should be a target date for completion, all right? And with that in mind, I just want to briefly talk about this and suggest some ideas. But the, the most important thing is when you guys spend time by yourself doing this. And so this week, prayerfully, and don't neglect that part, right? You know, prayerfully set a few intellectual goals. Jesus grew in wisdom. Like, ask yourself, what do you want to learn this year? Like, our our mind is a gift, right? It's like a muscle. We use it, it gets stronger. We don't use it, it it gets weaker. So what do you want to learn this year? Maybe you set a book reading goal. I'm going to read this many books in the year 2023. Maybe if you're in school, you say, my goal is to, to make the dean's list, right? My goal is to make the honor roll. Maybe your goal could be, I'm going to take a class online somewhere. Um, maybe a goal could be, I'm going to learn a new skill. I'm going to learn a, a new language. Maybe it's doing some studies or watching some conferences on right now media. Do I have a picture of that, by any way, Josh? You... Yeah. We have something called right now media. If you fill out your connection card, if you're not on it yet, you can check it. It is like the Netflix of Christian stuff, right? It has teachings. It, you look, any topic you can want, it's on there, stuff that kids can watch. And it's totally free to you because we buy a membership as a church. And if you're not on Right Now Media, I encourage you to check that card, send it in, and Hannah will get you logged in where you can watch this stuff for free anytime, anywhere. Put it on your phone. It's a great resource. But maybe that's one of your goals. Hey, I'm going to watch some conferences. I'm going to watch some stuff about marriage that's on there. Okay, um, physical goals. Prayerfully set some physical goals. Again, like I, I put like that in quotes, kind of, so don't forget about that. Like, I mean, pray before you set these goals. And now, now, we're a nation of extremes, aren't we? Right? <laughs> we're either at one end or the other. You know, either we end up worshiping the body or neglecting the body. God says, hey, why don't you go somewhere in the middle, right? And we're all different places when setting uh, physical goals. Um, but but don't, a goal is different than a purpose statement. A purpose statement would be, I want to be in better shape in the year 2023. That's a purpose statement. That's not a goal, right? A goal would be, I, I want to, again, I'm just throwing out ideas. Uh, I, I want to walk 10,000 steps a day. Or I'm, I'm going to work out 20 minutes a day, three times a week. I, I want to lose 25 pounds by March the 1st. All right, all right. <laughs> Don't believe it? I'm going to take a picture of my scale truth detector this morning, and I'm going to take it on April 1st. Did I say, did I say April, didn't I? <laughs> March 1st. All right, all right, all right. I take the challenge. Talk about accountability. Why did I even say that? <laughs> Another goal could be I'm not going to eat anything after 8 o'clock, I got to throw those M&M's away that Lita bought me. 
for Christmas. They're going away after the day. No, the day. I'm going to them the garbage today. I go, do I really want to dump these in the garbage? And not just put the bag, because you can retrieve the bag, y'all. But just dump them individually, right? Hey, I've, anyhow. Hey, hey, hey. Okay, I'm not going to eat past 8 o'clock. Or maybe a goal could be, I'm only going to eat desserts on days that end in Y, right? <laughs> All right. That's mine. All right. Okay. But prayerfully set some physical goals, you know, one or three, so you're doing better. Um, spiritual goals. What will deepen your relationship with God in the year 2023? Some ideas. Um, turn away from a sinful attitude or behavior. Join a life group. That's a way to get to know your other people and grow in your walk. Uh, maybe a, a, a spiritual goal would be, I'm going to be in church every week, you know, uh, unless I got a reason, not an excuse, right? You know, I got a reason, I'm going to be there. And if I'm homesick, I'll, I'll watch something online so that I, or on vacation, I'll watch something, but I'll be in church every week to hear God's word. Uh, maybe a goal could be to decrease your media diet, social and conventional, especially when you start your day, right? I mean, why let social media and all the negativity out there set the tone for your day? I mean, you wake up, you're happy, feeling good, turn on the news. Oh my gosh, it got even worse. Oh, let me go on social media. Oh, their life's better than mine. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't think I can make it, right? You know, why invite the lion into your world as you start your day, right? Maybe just decrease that a little bit. Uh, maybe a spiritual goal would be to start tithing. You know, to be God's teaching about giving your offering every week. Um, maybe it's to have time alone with God in his word. I'll be sending out today a text. If you don't have my, uh, um, if you're not on our email list at church, just you know, give us your phone number. Um, we're going to be reading the Proverbs starting tomorrow. And I have 31 days in the Proverbs starting tomorrow as a church. And, and I'll send out that invite to everybody if you haven't got it yet, right? But every day being in the word is important. Maybe it's memorizing some scripture. Maybe it's, hey, you know what? I'm going to start serving once a month at church. Uh, maybe it's, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm going to share my faith with this person at work or at school or in my neighborhood this year. Okay? A spiritual goal. Okay? And finally, relational goals. Jesus grew in favor with man. And this is where we ask ourselves, how, how can we deepen our relationships with other people? Relationships are always at the top of God's list, right? So what can you do in 2023 to help others and to deepen some relationships? You know, here, here's one. Um, join a life group. You may have heard that one before, but join a life group. You know, get to meet some people, you know. We have a life, there's several. We have one to meet on Sunday mornings. And I'll tell you, when someone's going through a hard time, we send out a text and people just pray and pray and pray, but it's a great way to get to know people, find out about their struggles, celebrate their victories, right? So maybe joining a life group. Here's one. Uh, maybe set aside specific time to be with individual members of your family. I'm going to be with this person then and this person then and hang out with them. Um, maybe it's to find someone that you can mentor, you know, someone that you can pour your life into. Maybe it's to ask someone who's a few steps ahead of you to say, hey, I would like you to mentor me. You know, I see where you are and what you're doing in your walk. Would you help me grow in my Christian walk? 
Um, maybe it's to help someone in need in the church or outside the church. Have people over to your home for a meal. I'm going to have this many people in my home for a meal in the year 2023. Maybe it's to make an effort to get to know some people in this room that you say hi to, but you don't really know. Or a coworker or a neighbor. But just set some relational goals so that you become your best me in 2023. And, and as you think about relational goals, if you have a broken relationship... Maybe a good goal in 2023 would be try to fix it. But keeping in mind what God says in Romans 12, 18. Romans 12, 18. Romans 12, 18. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, be at peace with everyone. Because I do realize that sometimes we have broken relationships that we want to fix so badly, and the other person don't. Right? But what I'm saying is if, if it's broke, don't be the cause. Right? Do everything you can, and maybe there's something you can do to fix it. This thought came to me this morning, and, and we're going we're, we're to be done. And I wrote it down in my journal. But the question is not what the new year will bring. But what will I bring to the new year, right? Something. Like, oh, what's it going to bring? What will I bring to the new year? And I'm telling you, if we bring to the new year, you know, clarifying what we really want, not waiting to begin, and setting some 252 goals, intellectual, physical, spiritual, relational, we will see God move in our life and, and help us become the me he created us to be in 2023. Amen? And so these are all at the kiosk. We're going to sing a song as we prepare for communion. And uh, I do know that, you know, our podcast is on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. If some of those ideas I threw out, that was a good idea. You don't have time to write it down. You can always listen again and, and hey, that was a good idea or, or something like that. Like maybe you want to Join me in losing 25 pounds by March 1st if you're in that club. You know, I know you're like, where would it go, Steve? You look so thin, right? That's what you're all thinking. I know. I know what you're thinking. I know you guys. But anyhow, would you guys stand? And if you haven't picked up your communion, they're at uh, the kiosk. There you'll see as well the offering. Um, you can give online. You can drop in the plate. You can give through your bank. Uh, we don't pass a plate every week. That doesn't mean that our offering is not important. It's part of our spiritual act of worship. Now let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. God, thank you for a new year. God, help us to realize that it's not about what the new year brings, but what we bring to the new year. God, help us to bring lives that are focused on what really matters. And God, help us to, and we need your help in it, because you know exactly what we need to do because you created us. God, help us to know what goals you want us to set so that we can grow in wisdom, so we can grow in stature, and so that we can grow in favor with God and with man. And God, we're so grateful that in this world that seems to be falling apart all the time, God, that you really do hold it together. 
and that you hold our future, you hold our present. And God, that you are writing our story even as we speak and pray. In Jesus' name, amen.